Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Hoops and Cards NBA Playoffs. I love seeing Chris Middleton step up with 35 points to save the uh, Milwaukee Bucks from total embarrassment and a possible sweep at the hands of Brooklyn. And last night, Donovan Mitchell did it again. Guys, I hope you're tracking with us, Hoops and Cards. I'm not one to, you know, say we told you so, but Donovan Mitchell is is making me want to say it. He is on fire. Utah looks uh, incredible. And uh, that guy, I, I was just blown away by his range from three and the big shots he makes. So Donovan Mitchell. But today, Basketball Cards 101, we're going to talk about some basic thoughts for you newbies, beginners, people asking lots of questions, maybe you've gotten back into the hobby of basketball cards or using it as an investment you hoped when you started this sometime in the last year, year and a half. The question today for Basketball Cards 101, we're going to say, how, how do I know what my cards are worth? How do you know what your collection or your investment portfolio, how do you know the price, the current value? What, what are they worth? And there's so many voices, resources, websites out there that'll tell you what they think your card is worth or what it sold for last Tuesday in an auction. Like, how do you really know? And so I'm excited to go over that with you guys. Basketball Cards 101. This is Gary. So glad to be with you. Coming at you from a, well, let's call it a vacation getaway episode. I'm here in sunny South Carolina. Got to escape Northeast Ohio, but not <laughs> not missing a beat with Hoops and Cards. Basketball Cards 101. Let's go. So basketball cards 101, thinking through questions you might have as a beginner or just the basic foundational uh, things you need to know when it comes to the basketball card hobby or as an investor. And I think this is this is one we all wonder or chase down answers for on a regular basis. What is my card or what are my cards worth? What's the value? I mean, think about... I'll give you an example. It, it, it can change overnight sometimes. Like if you bought a card of Donovan Mitchell 10 days ago and he's had two awesome games here against the Clippers, you want to know, did his card value just jump because of his performance? Did that Chris Middleton rookie that I submitted to a grading service a while ago, did that just go up in value because he had 35 points and 15 rebounds last night? And you hear about all of these podcasts and, and sports card websites that are telling you, hey, this big news happened or this player just won the MVP award or something something great happened. They went to the Hall of Fame and they tell you their cards jumped 28% overnight or that player finally got in uh, the starting lineup and his cards tripled overnight. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I like to know what my cards are worth. And it used to be that if you were a collector of basketball, football, or baseball cards, even hockey, you had a monthly magazine that would arrive in the mail if you subscribed or if one of your buddies did. And it was called Beckett Basketball Card, right? Or Beckett Baseball Monthly. And so I'd, I would wait with my friends to find out 
what that Ken Griffey Jr. rookie was worth, like the official word would come down from on high and Beckett Grading Services, you know, or whatever price guide would tell you, here is what it's worth. It's worth $25. And sometimes there would be two columns. It's worth 25 in mint and 15 in VG. Very good, <laughs> you know? And uh, the condition of the card absolutely affects the value of your card. Is it centered? Are the corners sharp? Does the colors, do the colors look nice? You know, is it, is it a beautiful card? But what is it worth? And it used to be that you would get a magazine. And I know this is like way back. Uh, but over the last 20, 25 years, many more resources, websites, companies have tried to track the price value, the sales prices, transaction of cards and say to us things like you'll hear on, um, I'm hesitant to name names, but there are resources that I use on a regular basis. I use eBay comparisons. So I'll go in and I'll type, type out LeBron James 2019 prism 129. That's the card number 129 and then do a search and then go into filter and click sold items that ended recently. So you can find out what that exact card that you like sold for the last four or five times that it sold on eBay. And I, I think that like knowing how to do that, you guys, that is, that is the basic how to value my card. That's the basic search of what people are paying for it lately. And at the same time, it's not so simple. Like if I saw five recent sales of that LeBron James card and say that they each sold for $10, $11. I'm just using these numbers as an example. Uh, I would say that's not necessarily what that card is worth. That's a helpful guideline. And let's, let's get this out of the way. There, there is not going to be some magic pill, some magic bean that's going to tell you here is the exact price value of that card at this moment. The only the only trustworthy exact amount is if a buyer is standing in front of you saying, I will hand you this $10 bill for that card. Boom. That's what it's worth. What someone is willing to pay and what you are willing to take for it. Right? So let's, let's say that other than that, other than someone standing in front of you, giving you cash that you are willing to accept, that's an agreed upon value of the card. Other than that, we are all doing approximate right? We're doing ranges. So the sales on eBay for 10 bucks, how much of that $10 actually goes to the seller of the card? Well, eBay takes 10% off for eBay seller fees. So now we're down to $9. And if you're doing PayPal, there's another 3% gone. So now we're down to $8.70 for that $10 card. And then you've got to ask yourself, well, did the seller uh, have to pay shipping costs? Did they have to pay 91 cents or 71 cents or 51 cents? Or did they pay first class, you know, three bucks? There's all these added costs and figures that go into it. If I'm buying that card, right? And I think I can get it for 10 bucks. Well, what those eBay comparisons don't tell you is that the buyer paid sales tax or that the buyer paid shipping, you know, I'm just saying eBay gives us a range. Okay. And it's good to know that range. It's good to watch the trends in that range. If you see that, like, hey, Donovan Mitchell's 2017 rookie 
in Prism, number 117 on a PSA 9, if you see that like, hey, five days ago, this card was selling on an eBay range of between $95 and $105, you see four or five sales that way, and then since his big 45-point outburst in game one, the card's been selling for 110 115 120 129 then you see the value is going up. But if you still want to like throw a dart at that bullseye, I'm telling you, it's more of a range, the big circle. At least you can hit the dartboard. <laughs> don't worry about, I'm just saying, don't worry about getting the exact. We want to know, is the value going up and what range is it in? And then I, you have to ask yourself, okay, what am I willing to take? But I would say eBay comparisons. Let me go over that again really quickly. You go into, I use my eBay app on my phone. I do the search option and I'll type in, you can do it. Let's do it together if you would like. 2012 Prism, 2012 Prism, Chris Middleton, Chris with a K, K-H-R-I-S, Middleton. And then hit search or hit return. And go up to filter where it says, you tap on filter and go down to sold items. Make sure sold and completed items are both uh, clicked. And then under sort, do ended recently. And there we can see, guys, I'm just doing it basically. We can see the last, all the last comps. 2012, Chris Middleton. Did I say prism? Did I say prism? Sometimes you want to put in base or you want to put in the card number. I didn't do that. Just want to see all the Chris Middleton prisms that have sold recently. And there you can see, that's what someone paid on eBay, not including sales tax, okay? And we're thinking about selling a card that doesn't include things like shipping or eBay seller fees. So you guys that you're going to a card store or a card shop and you're like, hey, how much for that Chris Middleton card? And the seller you're standing in front of at the card show or shop, he goes, well, hold on, let me check. Or he uses some words like, well, the last three sold on eBay for, um, and guys, I just want to call bogus. That's, that's a starting point. But if a seller treats you like that's the end point, well, the last three sold on eBay for $85. So I'll take 85 for it inside. You should be going, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> the eBay seller had to pay 850 in eBay fees and another 250 in PayPal fees. So ain't nobody getting 85 for that, right? Now, if he wants to demand it, that's, that's his issue. And if you want to pay it, okay. Okay. It may still be a good deal. What I'm saying is people that act like eBay comparison sales are the, the be all end all of what that card is worth. I would say, watch out for that. Watch out for that in your own thinking and watch out for that in someone trying to sell you something thinking. Okay. And it goes both ways. Someone can say, well, Hey, the last three on eBay sold for 110. So you got to give me that Donovan Mitchell rookie for 110. You could be like, Nope, I don't, <laughs> you know what you paid for it. You know what you want for it. Stick by it. Don't let somebody drop the eBay card and say, that's what you have to fork over your awesome rookie card for. You don't, you don't. eBay comps are a starting place. Know how to do those and search those quickly. Know which other resources out there base everything they tell you on eBay comps. You guys, this is so important. I'm doing you a favor here. I'm not sponsored by eBay. 
I'm not tied to eBay comps or eBay expectations. I want to give you the 101 basics on, hey, don't overpay for that card just because somebody said eBay said. And don't undersell your cards just because somebody said eBay said, okay? eBay comparisons, it's great to know. It's my starting place when thinking about the value of my cards, but it is not my landing place. It's not my sale price. Sometimes I need to realize my card is not worth as much as that dude paid on eBay for. Other times I need to realize, uh, you know, I didn't buy this card to wait around for eBay to tell me when to sell it. I bought this card with an expectation of what I'm going to do with it. eBay comps know how to do it on your phone, know how to search for it, and know who else is using it and how they're using it. If you've ever been to a to a deal or, or about to buy a card and someone pulls out their phone and goes, hold on a second, let me check. I think that guy hit a home run last night. I want to get every last penny out of you for this. Um, I'm about ready to walk away from the table, my man. I think it's fair for you to do that. But I also think it's like, stop acting like the eBay comps are the gospel. They're not. They're a starting place. That's all they are. So we've talked about eBay comparisons and some of the extra costs or extra fees like eBay seller fees, sales tax, PayPal, all that stuff, I shipping. I want to talk for a moment about some of the resources out there that I also use to check on the value of my cards or pay better attention to them. And most of these are, are similar to or even directly tied to eBay and the values that eBay says or the sales recently. But let's talk first about uh, ComC, Check Out My Cards, and Starstock, uh, two sites that I love and I use, and I have several hundred cards at each. I like Starstock a lot for rookie cards, and you've heard me talk about them before. Uh, I love the way with Starstock I can buy and sell cards, and the ownership of that card is transferred to me immediately, and I can sell it immediately, and there aren't a lot of extra fees like shipping or waiting seven days for that person to ship the card and the U.S. Postal Service to finally feel like delivering it to my house or to deliver it to the wrong house and I have to go chase it down with my neighbors or the local post office. I'm not bitter about it at all. But guess where my PSA box is sitting right now in Ohio as I'm in South Carolina, dude. Okay, my point being, Starstock and ComC, and there are others, where you can buy and sell cards immediately. They hold them for you in a vault, right? And the nice thing about each of these is you can go back in and see, hey, here's how this card has done lately. ComC, you can click on the little graph and see all the recent sales of that card that tell you, okay, I know <laughs> I know that these five sellers want to sell me this LeBron base card for this, but what's it sold for the last 10 times? You can see that on ComC. You can see that on Starstock and what it's sold for there on, in the different conditions. So like PSA 10, PSA 9, Starstock A, B, or C. I love all that. I love it. I really do. I think uh, that is extremely helpful and good to use. Not connected. Like sometimes you can sell through those Venues like ComC, you can sell a card on eBay, fine. You can sell a card, send it to grading, great. If you buy a card that you like, you got a good deal from, they'll ship it 
you know, they'll ship it to you if you want. So there's lots you can do with those, but just like any other service, take their recent sales as a range because there are transaction fees involved as the, in those as well. They're not as high as eBay's 10% seller fee. I don't think you're paying sales tax on them. And I do know that when you withdraw cash from selling your cards on those, you pay sometimes a transfer fee, sometimes a low withdrawal fee, depending on how much you want to withdraw from them. I'm just saying the value of your cards is impacted by those. And so as you look at recent sales, just know that those sales aren't the exact value of the card, right? Someone might want to tell you, hey, you should pay uh, 150 bucks for my Donovan Mitchell PSA 9 rookie because look at what it sold on Starstock the last four times. And you can be like, that's fair. I, I agree that you are, they are looking at actual numbers, but those numbers don't tell the whole story, do they? Right? There's going to be some fees involved with those. And sometimes when you're paying a little bit more for a card on Starstock, like you'll see some of their graded cards go for a higher price, you're also paying for them to store it. You're paying for that immediate transaction. You're paying when you withdraw or you have them ship you that card. <laughs> so depends on what you want to do with the card and what you want to do with the money you sold your cards for. I'm just saying, as you look at things like ComC and Starstock, know the all the other fees that affect the value of a sale. The other resources online I want you to think about would be things like, and I love them, Market Movers on Sports Card Investors, Card Ladder, Slab Stocks Pro. There are a thousand different sites now where you can hear their recommendations <clears throat> and they'll tell you, look, here's the last five cards. Man, I, I love these podcasts that tell us about the cards that are going up the fastest. Top five this week. Top five uh, Star Stocks Emerging 30 Index. Like you got the, the the last seven days, a card's gone up 24%. This card's gone down 13%. Well, if what they're telling you is based on and tied directly to the recent eBay sales, you just need to know that. Okay? So like when the Market Movers tool or when the Slab Stocks Pro tool. Again, I use these and they're wonderful. But they're saying what they sold for on eBay. Those eBay prices that that actual card sold for, they are loaded with frictional costs. And let me say what frictional costs are. I love that Scott Greenberg uh, and Andy from... Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. I love what these guys talk about when it comes to frictional costs. And I'll, I'll explain this here in a second. Zion to his strong side. He's hey, going to the line. And he's a foul and never went out. Hey, before I get to frictional costs, correction on, I said Andy from Lucas Tigers. It's Andrew Goldberg and Cage Lawyer. Guys, two of my favorites in the hobby. So got to say their names right for sure. The frictional costs would be when you're looking at the values of your cards on eBay comps or 
market movers or anything else, just know that there may be other hidden costs uh, that a seller pays, like seller fees. I've talked about these sales tax, shipping, PayPal fees, all that stuff, like all those extra things that I'm just saying when you use an online platform like those, no, you should know, we should know what goes into that price, that sale price, or what doesn't go into it. Like I said, when you withdraw your money from a sale, do they take money out of that withdrawal? Or when you pay for a sale, are they paying you, are you paying them a transaction fee? Be aware of those things when you buy online. Be aware of those things when you buy in person, a card store that tells you the price of a box is 40 bucks and you end up paying sales tax, you should not be surprised, but I bet you won't pay that same sales tax at a card show from a dealer that you're handing cash to. So instead of paying 40 bucks for a box, maybe with sales tax, you're paying 45. And it's like, I'd rather, I don't know about you, I'm just trying to save you money. I'd rather save every dollar I can and use that, uh, first of all, to, to save money or to buy cards now while they're down. And to say, as we talk about the value of your cards, uh, you, you need to think about when you buy a card, how much have you put into it? How much total, total overall cost? And then how much do you want to get out of it? And as card goes up, maybe you, it's already hit a place where you're like, yeah, I would sell it for that. Then I would encourage you to sell it for that because it could go down tomorrow. Unless it's one that you're like, no, I like this player long-term. I heard a podcast uh, the last couple of days mentioned Shea Gilgis Alexander. His cards are down. He's on a bad team, you know, but long-term he's an awesome player. And if you want to hold on to his cards, like buy now, while he's on Oklahoma City or while the season's over, you know, and hold on to those for a while. He's the kind of player that's going to be an all-star type for the next 10, 12, 15 years in the NBA. And so, you know, if you're thinking collect or invest for the long term, then you're not watching the daily bounce of prices. And you're not talking right now about how, oh, the market's down. Well, and by the way, it, it is. And for some of you that that uh, have put money in in the last 12 months and uh, watch it drop, I just want to say I'm with you. <laughs> I'm totally with you. I feel you. And it's frustrating. It's absolutely frustrating and it can be discouraging. But I, I guess I have to remind myself, uh, look, most of the money I did put in was in cards that, that there there's an ongoing demand for and players that have long, bright futures, you know, as they look ahead to their careers. So I'm, I'm willing to wait this out and it is hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy to do. I'm not saying I haven't made some mistakes in selling things while they're down and gone. Oh, if I had just held on for three more months, you know, or three more weeks, sometimes the cards bounce right back up. If you sold Trey Young a month ago and now you're watching him, you know, lead a playoff charge for the Hawks. You're like, Oh, <laughs> all I would say is that like with any investment and, and learning about a market, uh, I am in the process of learning patience. I think we all are. And, uh, it's great to have friends in the hobby that have done it for a long time. It's great to have people that understand, uh, the economy and investments. And so I value, I greatly value Uh, some of the investor tools out there and some of the wisdom that we're getting from 
from those people. And I want to pass that on to you as I learn my lessons and we take our lumps in basketball card investing. What are your cards worth? Do you keep track of their values? Where do you go for those answers? And, you know, sometimes I will, <laughs> I'll, I'll be at a card show and I'll, I'll start asking guys questions about cards, what, what they're asking price is or noticing those things, not because I'm actually looking to buy, but because I want to learn what things are valued at and what those guys value their cards at. And, and perhaps how several guys that day are valuing Zion, a Zion rookie PSA 10, is maybe more reliable than looking the price up on some app, you know, or recent sales. Different regions, too. That's another thing. Whatever region you're in. I believe in Cleveland and Northeast Ohio, we might value Colin Sexton cards more than you do. We might value LeBron James cards more than you do. And the fun part about eBay, I'll say this, is when you go to sell a card, you're opening that card up to a global market. And one of the things, by the way, sometimes I, I feel like I'm rabbit trailing a lot here, but this, this I feel is important. Sometimes you'll look at a, the last few recent sales of a card and it may have been a card that, that the seller listed at eBay auction and there wasn't a whole lot of interest. It may be a downtime for that player or for that card or just for the market overall. And you're like, I can't believe that guy got a Julius Randle Prism rookie for that much of a steal price. Well, the seller is probably discouraged or frustrated at it too. And uh, so I, I make a decision as a seller when I'm thinking about my cards and their values that, that if I'm going to list a card on eBay, I'd love to hear your thoughts or your experiences on this. Because if I'm going to list one and I'm like, I, you know, I don't want to get 50% of what I think this card is worth or what it's worth to me. So I'm going to list it as a buy it now at a price that, that if the buyer's interested, they'll just have to pay it. And if they want to make me an offer, okay. Sometimes that's because I hit or best offer when I list a card. And sometimes that's because they just send me a message on eBay and say, hey, would you take this for it? And like, I don't know how many times <laughs> recently I've just deleted the message. I've replied, no, thanks. You know, but I would take this because that's the price I put it on there. Uh, I would say going into selling your cards, know how you want to use eBay. Like if you just want to move it, then an auction might be the fastest way to go or buy it now at 10, 20% off what other people are paying. But again, all those extra fees. So ultimately guys, at the end of the day, this is not a, a science where you can say, here is exactly what your card is worth at this moment in time. Apart from a guy handing you cash for it right now, apart from an offer that you just click accept on, you know, uh, we're talking about a range and we're talking about, well, what's it worth to you? You don't have to sell it. You don't have to buy it. Sometimes I've needed somebody to say it this time too. And I'm the guy that we do hopes and cards, five buys episodes every week, but I'm telling you, you don't have to buy right now. You don't. And we got in this rhythm of for 12 months, buy, 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 because there's deals there's players, there's events going on in sports where you're like, I want to capitalize on this move or this news. And I, I've been there and I've had to just tell myself, sometimes at a show, dude, don't buy. <laughs> don't buy. You can trade, 
you can sell sometimes knowing what you want to buy next, but you don't have to buy. And right now, if you're holding on to an investment that's down, like I've got a, we've all got a bunch of them, right? You don't have to sell. What the value is right now may not be what the value should be for you based on what you paid and what you hoped for the card. And that's going to change when the next NBA season starts. So uh, join me in learning patience. I want to encourage you guys. I want to add value. I want to say, look, there may be a lot of pressure to keep up or to make money or to check your values every single day. And it's like, hold on. Um, I know what I paid for it. I know why I got it. And I'm going to hold on for a while. Now, that's not as fun to me as buy and flip or buy and catch the next wave. Like it's, it doesn't feel as adventurous, but it's the smart move. Sometimes the best play is say no. I'm going to wait till the end of the season to buy Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young because right now their values are skyrocketing. I'm going to wait to get that card that everybody else has priced so highly and I just have to have it. I actually don't have to have it. Want to encourage you. It's it's your collection, it's your investment, your game plan, and so you ultimately decide the value. Now what you project on other people, that's you know, don't be a jerk about your values. <laughs> don't demand someone pay your price when the last 5 comps have been, you know, two-thirds of what number you're saying, don't just say it's not for sale or I'm waiting for the value to go back up, you know? Don't impose your values of cards on somebody else. You don't have to do that. There's really no reason to do that. So guys, I hope this helps you. There are ways to find out the range, what your cards are worth, what they've been worth to others as they buy. And, and as long as you know all the extra fees or, or the, the details of that transaction or that platform, then great. Great, you've got a starting place for buying and selling cards. But ultimately, you gotta think through, what's this worth for me, right? And and uh, what am I willing to pay for it? That's what your cards are worth. 33 points here already in this third quarter. Oh, SGA goes end to end in the scoop and score at the buzzer. Hey, that's a wrap on another episode of Basketball Cards 101 here on Hoops and Cards. Guys, I hope you have an awesome weekend. I want to give a shout out to all my friends at the Hartville Card Show, Hartville Flea Market. Love it. Miss it. It's hard to get there when you're in South Carolina and it's like 85 and sunny and gorgeous here. I hope you guys have a nice day. But uh, but yeah, and in the hobby, got to watch this Donovan Mitchell show and the Phoenix Suns. Are they going to sweep the Nuggets and And yeah, can Milwaukee do it again? I hope so. I'd love to see a series out of this thing and and all that. And Trey Young, mm, what are we doing, man? We stepping up? Come on. Last night was not. We need to see a bit more. So hope you guys have an awesome weekend. Like I said, hit me up at Hoops and Cards on Instagram. DM me if you want a free card. I got several of you that took me up on it. So I'm going to send those out uh, early next week when I get home. Looking forward to that. I'm not promising anybody a Jason Tatum, you know, rookie card or anything. I'm just sending out uh, decent, you know, free cards. And uh, just as an appreciation to 
my new friends and listeners. Guys, give us a shout out. We're getting more and more reviews. Our audience is growing. And uh, review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, let's talk. I've learned so much in these last four months. I'd love to talk and share stuff I'm learning and hear about maybe your dream, your voice, what you want to do. Uh, if you're ever interested in talking podcast stuff. So, all right, hoops and po- hoops and cards podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, until next time, you guys, I can't say go Lakers. I don't, I don't even know what to say. This episode's over. <laughs> Jaron Jackson.